Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Hard to believe, but we're on episode 159. We've been doing this 159 times. That's, that's a lot. lot. That's a lot of hours. It's a lot of all kind of stuff. So a lot, lot of, of me and you. A lot, a lot of uh, prep that you've done for the oh, show wow. and and uh, all those good things. But anyway, thank you for listening. Get the word out. Facebook, Twitter, text, whatever it takes, and just get our reach out beyond uh, uh, even us, and just let people know that there's a place that they can get the word of God and begin to apply it to their daily lives. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Pastor, um, there we're talking is, about marriage. Yeah, yeah, there's so much emphasis today that's been placed on weddings. Yep. You know, and so this is about the wedding. It's about you know putting twenty, thirty thousand dollars. That's not a big deal these days. 20, How much 30, you spend on your wedding, pops? You don't really want to know a thousand. A thousand. Well, that was and, that, 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 with inflation back in nineteen forty-five. No, it's not even pr- close. <laughs> it's not no. It's, I'm telling you, this was as simple as simple, simple could yeah. be. All the ladies in the church made all the little, you know, scotch tea balls, whatever they call them, scotch butterscotch, tea. butterscotch tea balls. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, you know, just the little sweets and the little sandwiches and all the ladies in the church made all those. And I mean, everybody did it for free, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah. we did have a, a wedding cake cost money and the and the wedding dress cost money. But other than those you two things, uh, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, another podcast and then episode. Back, yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can say that I've truthfully never worn a dress. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that pops. Um, anyway, but, uh, but in these days, for instance, the parents are expected to do everything. And we've, we've noticed that we, we buy dresses. We buy, when our daughters were married, we bought, bought dresses. We bought the tuxes. We did, you know, everything was yeah. done on. So it's thousands and it thousands. Is, is. And we got out of our daughter's wedding for, I think it was five or 6,000. Yeah, so, that's good. Yeah, we did well. We did well too. We, we were under. 10, we might miss six or 7,000. I don't remember what the exact number was, but we, you know, I was pastoring a church mm-hmm. when we got married in Louisiana and, and they just really wanted to bless us. And so, wow, so we, we paid a, for it. Yeah, it was, we paid for the catering for the food and we had a pretty big wedding. We had like 300 people at our wedding. We had, we paid for the food and, as did we. Yeah. yeah. And we paid for the cake and those kind of things. But and we had a, we had a, um, a florist in our church who did all these big New Orleans weddings. He did all the flowers. Oh my! Now that's a huge expense oh, it right was, there. And it was it was beautiful. Like I had flowers I'd never heard of. We had flowers <laughs> everywhere. I mean, there was a lot of flowers. And uh, we had our photography. We had a professional. Pho- Actually, she had one competition. Uh-huh. She was one of the best photographers in the United States. Wow. And uh, we we that did some bartering. Cool. I, I I played the piano for one of her things, and she did the. I came out much better than than what she did, I think. And um, but anyway, so yeah, we we were able to save some on our wedding, and it was it was it was nice. Yeah. So people, you know what I found out here? Yes. I'm sorry, we got to actually get on to today's yeah episode. But what I found out about living in Charleston, I've done a lot of weddings over the five and a half years I've been pastor here in North Charleston. Do you know how how many weddings I've done in our worship center here at Northwood? Probably one. 
one. I was going to say it's one not, wedding. It, that is not the norm. Our administrative assistant, Morgan, and her husband, Andrew, I did their wedding in our worship center mm-hmm. a few years ago. That is the only wedding I've done. I've done a couple in the chapel, but we have this big, beautiful space. I would think it'd be great. But, but what I found out in Charleston, by and large, nobody wants to get married in a church. They I mean, wanna, not, not that they're opposed to church, but everybody wants to do a destination wedding. Yeah. Because there's so many beautiful say. places in Charleston. There's, you know, you got the beaches. You've got, I've done, I've done beach Gardens. weddings in Cypress Gardens. I've yeah. done weddings there. I mean, you name it, I've done it, which has been really cool because I've been able to, you know, do some weddings in some really cool places. But it's just interesting to me that you know, here in this area, nobody wants to use our, you know, great, big, beautiful worship center for um, a wedding. They want to do all these outdoor weddings. And outdoor weddings, man, they're fun. But, man, you got to be strategic with that because oh, in Charleston, you. it can pour down rain at any moment. Yeah, right? it's true. And you there's only a sl- yeah, and there's only a slight amount. Uh, you know, you have to do it like in in the spring or yep. the fall. Otherwise, it's a thousand degrees outside. So, uh, yeah, it's always destination weddings. Yeah, and 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 the truth is that, and what I was going to say is that, you know, the thing is, what do you do after you say I do? Oh, we were actually going to talk about something besides weddings today. Yeah. So, okay, uh, but you know, what what do we do after we say I do? You know, the yeah. wedding is this I do time. Yeah. And you say it, and I think you really mean it. But we found out in a hurry when we first got married that it's not about the wedding; it's about learning to live with one another, and that's an that's a deal. Have y'all learned about how to live together yet? Uh, we were talking last night, uh, actually. Got uh, married what forty? Forty years. Forty, 40 years. years. And in that time, we've fallen more in love with each other. Oh, we know so nice. many. We, amen to that. <laughs> I'm telling you that. I mean, because now we're 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 not alone. We love being together. Yeah, it's yeah. not that issue. It's like we're on a continuous date. I mean, yeah. I love it. Um, but but you know, we learn to love each other in the midst of our marriage, yeah. not pour our lives into our kids and our yeah. little, and our sports and all the things that all the parents yeah. do. We learn to love each other. So that, but that took time and effort and, and we were going to wedding, uh, excuse me, marriage conferences before yeah. we were married yeah. because we wanted to know how well, to do it how right. Do it. That's and we still had a struggle. We still struggle, especially our first uh, year was spent on the mission field. Oh yeah. Our first two years right. were spent on the mission field. And that was hard. Mm, I bet. And without God, I don't think we would have made it. But I hear you. I hear you. So today we're going to talk about four questions that we can ask for our marriage. Yes. Yeah, so let me tell you how this came about. So, um, couple weeks ago, we were in Orlando, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, doing, um, you know, a, a conference for our missionaries. And uh, you, you worked with the students, the teenagers of mm-hmm. those uh, missionaries. Um, I worked with the missionaries themselves. I yeah. got to preach uh, every day and I, and I got to lead um, really a marriage conference about midday every day with with a group of them, not all of them, but a group of them. Uh, we just talked through some marriage stuff. And, and so, so I had, I forget, it was three or four sessions I had with these uh, missionaries. And the, the last session was uh, the most interesting because they wanted me to lead a session about marriage on the mission field. Wow. Which I have no experience with. Yeah. They could so, ask me. Yeah, I, they could have, right? <laughs> Maybe they should have. The extent, <laughs> no, of, the extent of my experience of marriage on the mission field is uh, the first year Stacey and I were married, we went on a short-term mission trip together to to Russia for 10 mm-hmm. days. That's it. Yeah. We, we, um, you know, every mission trip I've taken since then has been without my wife because we have kids and it's just been, it hasn't worked out where she could go with me. But anyway, that's another story for another day. And so, so that was interesting. But, but so the first day, uh, we walked through first Corinthians 13 and, and it was good. It was good. We had a good conversation and I asked him a lot of questions and, but I didn't feel like I had all this material that I had uh, developed for this thing. And, and when I finished up that first session, it's like, you know what? 
this just this isn't the direction I want to go with mm-hmm. this this week that I have with these guys because I mean I mean they're they're uh, they're, they're missionaries they're like me they've been to seminary I mean they they know all the right answers sure, right sure. and so for me to give them stuff that they already know I was trying to think okay what could I do and so I was in the hotel room uh, that that first night after I did the first session I was like okay I've got to revamp all this and mm-hmm. so I just started brainstorming and and came up with. Um, these four, now these four questions aren't you know rocket science and thing, but these four questions that we walked through on that second session, and it was really really good. It was really beneficial for uh, we had lots of conversation. Um, it was beneficial for my wife and I. We were sitting there and, and we 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 walked through these four questions with them, and um, it was just really good to think through themselves, think through these things for ourselves, and then then come up with some some uh, practical steps we could take as a result of these questions. And so so I'm just sharing with you because this was an exercise I did with with these missionaries, and this was an exercise was my wife stuff, and I yeah. did, and we just found it to be really really helpful. So I thought maybe this could be an exercise that if you're listening to this episode and you are married, uh, that maybe you know you and your spouse can. Make Maybe listen to this podcast together, or maybe you can listen to it and go home and tell your spouse, "Hey, here's what I heard," and let's let's work through these yeah. four questions together, or or you can turn it off, not listen at all. Join us next week for episode <laughs> one sixty. Yeah, sure. I, I, I still think you know we're the body of Christ, yeah. and whether we're married or not, we are either helping each other in That's our right. in our walk. That's right, or we're not. And so you know. You know, I know you'd said that jokingly, but the truth is, is that we do need to be involved in each other's yeah, lives, absolutely. connected to each other and helping each other and all these things. And these, these type of things help us before yeah, we were do. married. As I said, we were already in, we were already wanted to know about marriage, yeah. what to do it, how to do it God's way. Yeah. All right. So let's go. Four so, questions. Let's yeah, talk let's about these four it. questions. Number, then. number one is this, what are three to five commitments that you've made to your spouse that have strengthened your marriage. Okay, so 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 question one, just to, to sit down and talk about with your spouse. So think about your marriage, and this is what I challenged those missionaries to do, and what Stacy and I did while we were sitting around the tables together, kind of thinking about marriages. What is it? Mm-hmm. What is it over the years that's kept your marriage going? What there? Because I bet you, if you think about it, there are some commitments that you've made. Now, obviously, when you think about your marriage, you you made the ultimate commitment. You made the commitment to uh, to to be married to your spouse. Um, you know, for the entirety of your life. That was a commitment. But what are those other commitments that you've made to your your spouse that you think have really helped your marriage? And th- those commitments can be be, be be theological commitments. Like we, we committed to believe the same thing about uh, about Christ and, and root our marriage in that. So it could be a theological commitment or a philosophical commitment, right? That uh, that, that we're going to take this approach to our marriage, right? Uh, or it could be a practical commitment, right? Maybe one of those practical commitments might be, hey, we're going to, um, we're going to, for, for our marriage, have that date night once a week. And date night. Whatever big, the case may be. Thing. Or we're going to, you know, you, you know, Stacey and I have made that commitment over the years to be just completely transparent with, with digital devices and all those kind of things. Yeah. And so, so what I asked those missionaries to do and what Stacey and I did, we just, we took, you know, 10 or 15 minutes and we just wrote down uh, those three to five commitments that we have made to each other that we feel like have really helped our marriage over the years. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for Stacy and I, one of those commitments was our commitment to, you know, the, the work that call, God has called us to together, that we're going to serve the Lord together. Mm-hmm. And that's been, you know, a commitment we've made to each other. And that's been, been good, right? Some of the practical commitments we've made have been, you know, to, to try to our best to cultivate a lifestyle of, of prayer and devotion to the Lord together. Yeah. That's been a good practical commitment. It has been that commitment to be transparent with each other. I mean, we've, we've made those commitments, I think, over the years, years have, have really helped to keep our marriage grounded and, and, and life-giving, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've kind of made the unspoken commitment, right, to the best of our ability uh, to, to talk our issues out. 
Right. Instead of yelling at each other and getting mad, right? To just to uh, just be open and honest with our commu- communication and, and and talk through our issues. And so that commitment to not you know scream at each other, right? That's been a helpful commitment. And so so for you, as you think about your marriage, what are those helpful commitments right. that you've made to each other uh, that that you think have sustained your marriage over the years? For us, one of the big ones is don't use superlatives. Don't use superlatives. Don't say you always yeah. or you never. Yeah. Because it's not true, I'm yeah. telling you, you know, because yeah. there are times that you have and there are times that you never that you didn't. Yeah. So, uh, you know, th- that has been a big one. Uh, we've One of the other commitments that we made from the very beginning is never, ever, even in jest, use divorce. Yeah. Use the word. Right. We call it the D word. Yeah. We don't ever use yeah. it. We haven't used it. You know, there is never, you know. <laughs> Every now and again, you know, you might talk about murder, but not. Right. I think <laughs> it was Graham used to Ruth say Bell, yeah, Ruth, Ruth Graham, Graham used did, to yeah. say that. But, but uh, seriously, um, you know, the whole thing is, is that, you know, when you start to make those commitments, then you start figure ways around. Okay, yeah. if we're not going to talk about divorce, then how do we get through this? Right, right. And so when you make, and that, that sounds like a silly thing, but it is true. And we don't even do it. Well, I'm divorcing you if you ever say that again. Yeah. We just don't say it. We just don't even say it even in jest. Yeah, yeah. And of course, some of the other things that you've already yeah, spoken about. So of, that's helpful, though, just to sit down. And and say okay, here's what's gotten us here, mm-hmm. right? Right. Here's here's what's helped us to get to this point in our marriage. We've been together for this many years, or whatever the case may be. Right. There were some core commitments that we've made, and and our marriage might not be you know where we want it to be right now, or maybe it is whatever the case may be. Sure. If if you've been married for any length of time, uh, there there are some commitments that you made that got you there, and just be able to reflect on those things is sometimes an encouragement, right? Man, look what God's done because we were committed in these areas. We've seen God bring us to this point, and that's good. That's I think that's a help exercise just to reevaluate those commitments that you've made to your spouse. All right. Number two, what are three to five commitments you need to make or renew with your spouse to help strengthen okay. your marriage? So, so you talk about commitments that you have made, but, but what about this question? What are some new commitments that you need yeah. to make? Right. Because here's the reality that, that I, I think most of us listening, if we've been married for any length of time, we would say, okay, there's some things that got us here, but we're not where we want to be. Sure. There, there are still some not. areas of growth that we want to to see take place in our marriage. And so, so what are some new commitments that we need to make or some commitments that we re- need to renew? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you know, you, you, you started well in an area, but over the years, that area where you started well, it, it's just not, it's not as strong as it used to be. And so we need to renew our commitment in this particular area. And so what, what we did on that day, we had this, um, this session is we just went around the room and took about 15 minutes and, and talked about some new commitments that we need to make or some commitments that we need to renew. And so for example, uh, Stacy and I made a renewed commitment uh, at that conference to be more intentional in praying together because mm-hmm. that has been something we've done over the years. And I think we've done it fairly well. But, you know, as time goes on, uh, we were having a hard time kind of figuring out when when to do it during the day. Right. Like our, our schedules was just so wild uh, that by the time we had um, time alone, um, I'm just falling asleep. Right. Like the morning times, you know, I'm up and out or we're up and out before we have time to really have any kind of family devotion. We do dinner time. We try to include the kids and have time of prayer and in the word uh, the best we can. But just Stacy and I, we were just having a struggle trying to be consistent and praying together. It might be, you know, drifting off to sleep. God, thank you for the day. Thank you for my wife. Amen. And that that a lot of times is what it was, just that 30 seconds of prayer before we drifted off to sleep. And so we made a renewed commitment in that area. And we came up with a, a phrase pray before we veg, pray before we veg. So in other words, because what happens typically every night is before we drift off, we'll, I'll try to read a little bit or we'll turn on the TV and, and, and kind of let that put us to sleep, if you will. So Mm -hmm. before we do any of that, before we start to drift off, before we, um, 
you know, turn the TV on before I get out the Kindle and start reading or yeah. whatever it is that we do to wind down in the evening before we drift off to sleep. Uh, we made the commitment, okay, pray first before that TV comes on or before that Kindle comes out and we, uh, we're going to pray first. So pray before we veg. And so we've started doing that this past week and, and it's been, it's been helpful. It's been more meaningful prayer time that we were having because we made renewed commitment just to, to do something intentional. Uh, I will tell you, say this, and this is going to sound unusual to people, but there is a certain intimacy that is involved in what Absolutely. I call intentional prayer with one another. Absolutely. There is an intimacy that takes place there. And uh, it is not in any kind of physical way, yeah. but it is an intimacy, an emotional yeah. intimacy, a spiritual yeah. intimacy. And so, uh, you know, if you can't, you know, I feel like if you can't pray together, then uh, you probably have issues. And yeah. when I say can't, yeah. there is a difference between don't and, and can't. Yeah. yeah. But if you say, yeah. I just can't pray in front of my husband, I just can't pray in front of my wife. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a problem. It really is. So, uh, so for, anyway. and, but that, you know, you might do a great, that might be one of the things you and your spouse yeah. sell out. It's been yeah. that, but, 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 I'm, but all I'm saying is yes. that there's probably some areas in your marriage where you say, okay, we need to commit to doing this. We yeah. need to commit to uh, whatever it might be or, or, or a renewed commitment. Another one for us, as we were thinking through this was, um, you know, again, uh, we've got, we've got young boys. We, we've got very active ministry here at the church. Um, there's, we just don't make enough time for fun. Right. I mean, we, we have some hobby, but, but just as a family, yeah. you know, um, we, we need to do a better job of just spending time together, doing some fun things, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so that was a renewed commitment uh, that we made this week. And so it wasn't just the spiritual, mm-hmm. right. It was also the practical, right. Uh, we don't do well with, with date nights for us. It's kind of difficult to, to, um, you know, do that weekly thing. Maybe you have, we have to have a, a sitter and all that kind of stuff. And so that's not something we do well. So, so what can that look like for us to, that we have that more uh, time where we're just focusing on working on our marriage. And so, so anyway, just this, just those renewed commitments that we were thinking through as we were around the table. And then, then to hear others, you know, we, we began to hear some of those missionary families, couples to share their renewed commitments. And that was helpful because it, it spurred on in us some ideas that, Oh, maybe we can do that too, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the beauty of having these conversations in community is that it does help you to spur on things that oh, maybe yeah. you didn't think about, but yeah. So, so just with your spouse, it might be helpful, you know, this evening to sit down. Okay. What are some commitments that we need to make? that would begin to help strengthen our marriage a little bit in particular areas. All right. Number three, what are three to five practices that you can put in place to begin living out those commitments? Okay. And so that's, we just that's, about, the yeah, key, that's the follow up, right? So we just talked about the commitments. So, yeah. so commitments you've made that have helped you get where you are, then some renewed commitments you need to make, but then what do you actually do? Or what's, exactly. what's, what do you do practically speaking? And so, so I, I told you what, you know, what we, we did, we came up with that phrase, pray before we veg. And so, so that was, that was practical, right? Here's what we need to do. We need to be more intentional about praying together. Uh, so here's how we're going to do it. And we pray before we veg. That was one thing. And then we made, uh, we, we, with, as far as, you know, I just talked about our family, just having more time of fun together. We, we just talked about, man, we live in a, a great area. Mm-hmm. We live in the low country. There's, there's, tons of things to do and we've done some things but there's a lot of things we haven't done there's a lot of parts of our city and our area that when we moved here five and a half years ago that i was so excited to uh, to enjoy and to mm-hmm. see that we just haven't done yet yeah, right yeah. and so so as we were talking around the table uh at, at the conference you know the commitment the practical step we made for that commitment to have more fun time together as a family was okay okay once a month we can make a commitment once a month mm-hmm to see something in our city that we haven't seen yet. Oh, that's great. Right? Yeah. So next step is to put together a list and, you know, starting in August, okay, we're going to go wherever it might be, you know, whether it's going down to 
uh, Botany Bay and, and checking that out or whatever, we're going to we're gonna make that commitment to once a month do mm-hmm. something like that, to have some fun and to explore our city and enjoy that time together as a family. That's practical. A suggestion, uh, I think in January for Charleston. Bird watching? Res- Char- no, Charleston residents. Hold on. <laughs> For Charleston residents, you can get a giant ticket. I don't know if it costs 50 bucks or something like that for the month of January. Yeah. And you can go do all these things oh, yeah. for uh, either free or very, very low rates. Hmm. So we did that many years as yeah. a family. I think COVID stopped all right, that, right, right, but right. I th- hopefully they're going to be yeah. get back. So be looking for that. Yeah, yeah. But there are things out here, especially historical type yeah, things absolutely. that just fascinating yeah. to, to, to the kids that they'll yeah. probably never get over. But all we're saying is just, you know, yes. you, you, you make that commitment and then think about the practical things that exactly. you need to do to live out that commitment. Very helpful ex- exercise. All right. And number four, who needs to see your marriage as a model of Christ-centered marriage and how can you allow your marriage to be a model to that okay, couple? So, so what we talked about at the conference, really three big areas, right? Commitment, practice, and model. Mm-hmm. So you have two questions of commitment, then practice, how do you do it? And then okay. three, model. So, so here's what you think about not only missionary families and pastor families, but every Christ-following family, that your marriage is a model for other people. If we, we talked about this um, at the conference, and I've talked about this here at Northwood in the last few months as we walk through Ephesians, your marriage is a picture, or it should be a picture of the gospel. Oh, amen. That, that, that idea that, that your marriage is a divine illustration of a heavenly reality, uh, that, that when a, a wife you know, follows the leadership of her husband, she is imitating, right, the way the church follows the leadership of Christ. And when a husband loves his wife sacrificially and is willing to give up his life for her, it's a picture of how Jesus willingly gave up his life for the church. And so your marriage, it is a picture of the gospel. And that's what people need to see. People need to see in your marriage these gospel truths being lived out. And so so for, for us, who needs to see what marriage is all about through your marriage. Wow, so yeah. I'm saying, and so we talked about that at great detail. I mean, I think about um, what I have the opportunity to do here at Northwood is I have an opportunity to do a lot of uh, premarital coaching and even marital coaching. And we were, Stacy and I just practically speaking, we talked about, okay, when I do my premarital counseling, it's usually done just me my, my, because the way that our, our lives work, Stacy is not able to do premarital counseling with me. It'd probably be helpful, but she's just not able. We can't find the time to do that together because we have commitments to our boys and all that kind of stuff. But what we decided is, Hey, when I'm working with that, that couple in premarital counseling over the course of that six or seven weeks, I'm working with that couple. Mm-hmm. There's probably a time in there that maybe we can have them over the house yeah, so yeah. that they can at least get my wife's perspective on some things as well. And so just being more intentional with the couples that God has given us to minister to and finding some ways to, be, to bless them together instead of it just being me. We talked about some, some neighbors that we have that we really want to, um, do a better job of letting them see our marriage played out. We think it'd be an encouragement. So all that to say, we want to be very aware that, that God doesn't only want us to work on our marriage Mm -hmm. as God works on our marriage, as we allow him to, through the help of the spirit, we want to be able to turn around and help others in the same way. And so it is really that idea of not only committing to each other, but also modeling for others, what Christ in your marriage looks like. And so, so you think about your own marriage, 
Uh, who is it? It might be your children. It might be your grandchildren yeah. uh, that are just beginning their marriages, and they need to see in your marriage faithfulness and Christ-centeredness. And how can you more faithfully model Christ-centered marriage to those people that God has put in your path? Right? It could be that uh, that 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 coworker who's struggling in his marriage or her marriage, mm-hmm. and maybe it's okay taking that coworker and 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 their spouse out to dinner with you and your spouse, and just hey, sitting around and let them see how you and your spouse interact. I don't know, but but for all of us, we can probably do a better job of modeling Christ-centered marriage for somebody else. And what happens when we model Christ-centered marriage to other people, then it opens up the opportunity mm-hmm. for us to talk about why we live out our marriages in certain ways, which opens up the opportunity to share the gospel. And yeah. so, so, so I believe that God wants to use your marriage as a tool for gospel proclamation. And so, so it's, it's, it's you being intentional in doing that. Yeah. I think we don't, we underestimate the power of, of a godly marriage, yeah. a Christ-centered, yeah. a Christ-focused marriage. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's the he is our he is our uh, bridegroom. We are his bride, yeah. and so when people can see that in our lives, they say, "Oh, that's what it's about." That's exactly you know? right. And uh, also, I will say that uh, marriage is so berated at this point yeah. um, for all kind of reasons. But I think part of the reason that people berated marriage so much is because we as Christians have not lived it out mm. in a way that is not honorable. Well. Not well. Yeah, we've not done it well. And even if we have done it well, nobody knows it. Right. right. <laughs> so that's where this really comes right. in and makes a big right. deal. So, right. so okay, let's let's say that uh, we're we're in this situation. Uh, you just uh, do you just start to seek the Lord and say, okay, who who can I do? Yeah. Uh, go go out with or whatever. You probably uh, already know people. You already know some people okay. that that probably could use some encouragement. It's just identifying those couples that you know could use some encouragement. Yeah. And then just being intentional about it, whether it's taking them out to dinner, having them over to your house, or whatever the case may be. I'm not you know asking you to do you know let them come into your house for six weeks and talk about marriage, but yeah. just yeah. over the course of I mean, because I've shared my story before, Trey, where you know I had that pastor that mentored me when I was right. in college, and great just, story, just being in his home. You know, I, I saw you know how he interacted with his wife, and that and was that, really impactful for yeah, me. Yeah, I was going to say that was a huge yeah, influence was, on your it life. Was and so so those kinds of things, just that you know, just day by day living and letting people observe your life right? It can mm-hmm. be very helpful for somebody. And so it's just making space for that, right? And so that that's what modeling is all about. Amen. Well, Pastor, this has been uh, really good questions. I think that we can start the process. Yeah. And I, I guess we would just uh, sit around. I mean, literally, yeah. initially, maybe you and your wife sit down and start to go through some yep. of these things yep. and say, okay, that's what can we do? I've, I've given you four questions to help you think through some things you can do in your marriage to to, to see it strengthened again. And so you just find the time to sit down and walk through these four questions. And you see what is it for, for us, when we did mm-hmm. this as an exercise uh, last week, it was just really helpful yeah. to kind of think through these things, right? Well, would it be beneficial talking about having somebody else with you? Would it be beneficial to have somebody else sit maybe down so. at a table with you? Maybe and, so. Go, and get a few couples together. Get their together. ideas and maybe, your ideas. Maybe, and, you know, if you're in Life Connection Group here at Northwood, get your yeah. Life Connection Group together for a cookout and just sitting down doing this together. I don't. I mean, sure, those things I think will be super helpful. But having the conversation. Yeah, I think and that's I think the big for, one. for many of us in marriage, that's, that's, that's oftentimes the hardest part is just having the conversation. We get so busy with life that we don't take the time to sit down and think through what God is actually doing in our marriage and how we can strengthen it. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we won't have these conversations because it makes us super uncomfortable. Because it's hard. Yeah. Super uncomfortable. It's hard, but it's worth it. It is worth it. It's It's worth the effort. Well, Pastor, this has been really good. And uh, I'm so glad that we have this opportunity now to 
kind of just lay this out before us and say, okay, what can we do? So as we think these things through, uh, get us ready for next week. Yeah, I hope this has been helpful for you, and I hope that you'll take some time maybe over the course of next week if you're married to, to ask these questions and talk about these questions with your spouse, and I hope that, that it will be beneficial for you. And if today's episode has been helpful for you, I hope that you'll hit that subscribe button. That way you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. And I hope you'll leave us a five-star review because that helps us get word out about our podcast. And I hope today has been a blessing. And as always, I hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.